0: I am uh, you
1: you you you, wow. wow. in your crawl space. <laughs> yeah.
2: oh.
3: Never gonna catch me. I'm in your crawl space.
4: In case you're wondering, yes, that is the Beastie Boys performing a song called Crawl Space. How cool is that? This is episode 232 for June 2013. The Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example is on Superior Spider-Man number 15. Now, in this one, Spock sets his sights on Phil Yerick's Hobgoblin and takes him down. Now, the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Okay, let's tackle reviews. Don, you've got Superior Spider-Man number 10. What went down here, sir?
0: Okay, uh, I actually explained this in Close Eye Chronicles, but my microphone is such that I actually need to hold it with one hand. So, flipping through the comic and holding the, one hand, and holding the mic with the other hand might be a bit tricky, but I reviewed this, so I, I remember what goes down. You can do it! Uh, thank you, Schneider. So, uh, <laughs> 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 so um, this issue, issue 10, begins with uh, Peter Puss, Dr. Archer and Peter Puss's body, or Peter Parker's body, waking up says, it's dawn of a new age, because for the first time, I'm... I myself without any Peter Parker prattling in the back of my head and the octobot informs him of all of the Spider-man crime lords that are warring with each other or at least you know that are active and so we see that uh, Peter Puss has six television cameras uh, right in front of his dishes which is not you know inconspicuous at all so after drinking his morning cup of coffee he jumps into the air starts talking to himself and saying I will free you all from disease and crime so he intercepts a gang war between the owl and the white dragon Um, where the owl apparently is really offended that the white dragon is actually not the white dragon because he screams, Imposter! in a really angry voice. Uh, Spider Man intercedes and he, like, nearly trakes the white dragon because, like, you know, basically choking him out against the brick wall. And he takes special pleasure in defeating the owl because it goes back to the, uh, was it the owl milgram spec run where he and the owl had a gang war? So there's Mm -hmm. that. Um, I like that. That was continuity porn. I liked it. Uh, It was more, you know, continuity erotic. I teased us. it didn't actually know. (laughs) Continuity erotic. That's good. That's good. I I thought it was actually pretty
1: nice.
4: It was more cotton skin of axe. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: it didn't even just throw in your face with everything they had. So, uh. (laughs) so uh, while while he's beating up the you know the the bosses, their henchmen are running away, and they are both both the White Jackins men and the um, Owls men are picked up by is the, the goblin cult or the cult of the goblin uh, like like yeah. you know like the, uh, the the goblin guys with a goblin tattoo on their hand saying you know if you want to live come, if you want to live, come with us so after this scene we see uh, Sparktopus get ready for class and he runs to Mary Jane or Mary Jane runs into him and he says sorry Mary Jane no time toodaloo and this finally gets this woman's brain to work and she says toodaloo something's really really wrong with Peter he never says true to loot. So um, at uh, back at police headquarters, apparently the only person taking notice that that Spider-Man killed somebody was the returning cop from vacation. So she asked all the police officers, <laughs> uh, all the police officers, um, the only one that knows, John. Uh, as she uh, as you know, she's removing her Hawaiian shirt and you know her, I don't know, pinna colada. She says, "So the reports that uh, policemen gave me said that Spider-Man killed a person in you know in front of witnesses. Um, why didn't he arrest him?" And the cops all give BS responses that I'll get into later on. And throughout this entire time, there is, like, this sort of, like, changing shade mirror behind Watanabe where you can clearly probably see a Carly Cooper-shaped silhouette, you know, eating chips and texting. And while they're all gone, they say, you know, you can come out now, and it's hot soccer blur. It's Carly Cooper behind there. And they say, well, the autopsy revealed that Massacre was disarmed before he was killed, so this was totally, you know, illegal murder. We shall see what we should do as opposed to, you know, actually getting it done. So we see a scene of uh, the Green Goblin who we're assuming is Norman Osborne but it's not confirmed as of yet, with uh, the vultures vulture babies turn into goblin babies, uh basically plotting in a scheming. At uh Peter's uh class with Professor Nose, he completes an exam like really, really quickly. And uh Professor Nose says what every college professor says when you c- c- finish their test really early, this is far from over. But as, before he leaves the classroom, Anna Marconi invites him on for a date. After he meets up with Mary Jane, we meet it back up in Chelsea with at MJ's nightclub, where she's still, you know, sort of mulling over the fact that Peter Parker said to the loo. And uh, this is right before the, the Goblin Babies attack her nightclub and basically bomb the crap out of it. And she says, "Peter, please, I hope you've seen this." Uh, we see an inter, you know, an scene with uh, Peter and Aunt May and the Jameson men. Uh, who are arguing in the background the pros and cons of Spider-Man's recent actions. Uh, but Peter is off to his date with Anna Marconi. Um, Mary Jane sits down and basically, I don't know, does nothing, hoping that Peter has seen the fire. She passes up from smoke in- inhalation and wakes up to somebody she thinks is Peter but is actually a fireman. Um, while that was going on, Peter was at Anna Marconi's apartment. They're making something that requires dry ice, and she slips from like the stool she was on to get it and... He keeps the ice from, you know, burning her, and, like, he kind of throws it away. She says, Oh, that was really brave of you. I promise you dessert. And he gets, you know, a bit of some make out action from her. But because uh, of the fire and more gang wars in New York, his um, Spider-Bot phone goes off and he changes to Spider-Man. Uh, he purposefully ignores the fire and alerts the firemen to attend to it, which has already happened by this point. And off screen, we see the tombstone was taken down rather easily which is interesting. And throughout the entire issue, he, he brags about how awesome he is and how much Peter Parker sucked. I think he does in every scene that he's in. And um this issue basically ends with more of... uh Basically, Tombstone's men who escaped, meeting the gobl- uh, Green Goblin, saying that he is going to you know come up with an uprising, and he calls himself the Goblin King. turbo hmm. Well,
4: what do you think? What's some pros and what's some cons?
0: That's right. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. this is something that I think Dan Slott consistently does well, and it's been a while since I actually see, have it really up positive in the book. But I think that he does pacing really well, <laughs> moving from scene to scene and going from character to character. I think this is a good uh, this is a good instance of using the supporting cast because we see Peter Puss's college life, or I should say, graduate school life. We see um, the people that he's leaving behind as Peter Puss and not as Peter Parker. You know, like Mary Jane, she's feeling the burn from his attention not being on her. We see um, the police do something, which is really my con. But uh, we also see the Jamesons. I really like the scene with the Jamesons arguing back and forth. J. Jonah Jameson is totally switched. He's about as blustery and loudmouth as he usually is, but he's for Spider-Man. But uh, his father is saying, you know, no, Spider-Man's a fascist and he's doing this. And Jameson says, but he killed the bad guy. He's totally awesome. And I'm sure J.R. loves that. So <laughs> there's that. And I think that generally Slot really paces issue well. And show- this is like, you know, your typical Spider-Man day-in-the-life issue. And those are rarely easy to mess up, and I think slot did well with that. Um, my cons: Well, I appreciate the fact that they're. T- I, I actually have two. This is twofold, or this is two cons. So it's cheating. Um, I appreciate the fact that they're they're finally addressing the massacre, murder in a, in a some sort of you know recognizable manner. I still don't buy the idea that uh, you know somebody filed a report that Spider Man killed him, and then all the cops say, "Oh no, that didn't happen." I was I was looking at my watch, or I was too busy looking at the dead younglings that Massacre left in his wake. So I'm sorry if I wasn't doing my job, but to it's just stupid. I mean, like they also say, oh, all the all the witnesses, you know, said they didn't see anything either, and it's just ridiculous. I mean, I got the impression over through the Sam Raimi movies that like everybody, all the New Yorkers were, you know, with you know all pals, and you know, got there was a big sense of community. So I guess that this, that's sort of like what's going on here that they're all of one mind to lie for Spider Man. You mess with one of us, you mess, of us, with all of us. mess with all of us. Yeah, don't worry, we won't tell no one. You know, they're all, you know, um, stupid children and fat people. So, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's, it's just like, it's, it's stupid, it's stupid. I appreciate he's dealing with it, but he's dealing with it in a stupid and unbelievable way. Um, and before I, you know, get more into that, I think that uh, Dan Slott has not been writing Mary Jane very well lately. I think her decision to sit there and let her ass burn... Waiting for Peter, assuming he saw her, is really bad on her part. Like, Mary Jane, at least in how I've read her the last 20 years, has always been very proactive. Even before she even knew he was Spider Man, she's been always very, like, fight the bad guy, save people, do what she possibly can do as herself, and not uh, rely on somebody to to save her. And she would have died if it weren't for, you know, a a fireman helping her, which Peter Puss had, you know, helped uh, um, alert. So this this issue in this and the story makes her look stupid. You know, she she notices that Peter Puss is acting different because he says to the not because he uh, killed somebody. And I I really just didn't care for this. I, to me, this kind of uh, set in stone that like however good of a Doc Ock writer slot is, he is equally as lame of a Mary Jane writer in my opinion. At least for sp- Superior Spider Man. So uh, uh, before you ask uh, what my grade is, I'll I'll tell you. And I would give it yeah. a B minus. Overall, it's a good issue, but it's not without its problems.
4: You know, I didn't I didn't connect the Mary Jane, the murder thing. That would be a red flag, wouldn't it? More than the toodaloo. That's a very good point. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, let's go around the horn for grades, and then we'll do pro and con. JR, what's your grade? C. Josh.
1: B minus. Chris. B.
4: Zach. I'll give it a B. And I'll give it a B also. Let's do some pros. What do you guys got? What did you like about it?
5: I'll go. I can go first, because actually okay. I'm just going to probably be reiterating all the things Don just said uh, throughout this entire issue, but um, I'll try and take a different angle on it. But I, I think the best thing about this issue was that it managed to pack in so many of the details of the new status quo into one issue, and Don listed all the different things that were included in this issue, so I don't need to go through that again. Um, but I'll definitely highlight as my favorite scene is the the dinner table with Aunt May and the Jamesons. The Jamesons are arguing, and Aunt May is talking about... Um how proud she is of Peter and Doc Ock is in there thinking about how this is the first time he's ever had this much support. And he, he just, he just loves Peter Parker's life. Remember that for the next issue. I
0: know. Um,
5: <laughs> yeah. Like he can't stop thinking about how much he, he, how happy he is to be Peter Parker and have this family. And uh, it's just a great scene. I enjoy the character of uh, Anna Maria Marconi. And so I, I enjoy seeing that relationship develop, and um, even even Dr. Schnoz, he's a very cartoonish character, but I, I find him really hilarious the way he talks. He kind of talks like a supervillain, like, yep. <laughs> you know, like, in this issue, he's like, this is far from over, and in the next one, he's like, whose cell phone is more important than the building blocks of creation?
0: Like, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, we've
5: all had that no, teacher. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I've never like turned in a test and like gotten my grade back, and it was an A, and just have like a note that says, "You've won the battle, but you haven't won the war." Like, some mine, uh, mindset that <laughs> to me. You know.
0: Um.
5: Yeah, no, great, uh, fun issue overall so that's why i gave it a b any other pros gang
4: let's hear some more
5: i liked the um jameson um it
1: it was just fun to see the dynamic and um i liked the way that they referenced the al versus the octopus thing very very quick and brief nice little continuity thing um there was another con- there was another continuity thing in that scene that was clunkier and sucked, but I'll get into that in my cons but it okay. it was a very um almost logical you you could almost c- co- almost logical <laughs> um it's <laughs> It was almost a filler issue, except, like, there was little things to get the plot moving, like the Green Goblin stuff and the Carly and Watanabe Scooby-Goo gang mystery things. But otherwise, you know, it, but it, it was good. It was enjoyable. Like, you didn't feel like this issue was a waste of space. But, like, legitimately, you you could have, like, skipped straight from last issue to this issue and not missed a beat. So I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah, and you know what? You, you do even get the development of uh
5: Peter and Anna Maria kissing, so... Woo! Before we move on to cons or anything like that, I want to okay. point out, this is a, a story in which the Green Goblin is uniting the c- gangs of the criminal underworld and trying to take over that aspect of society. And I'm not sure if we've seen a story like that since Ditko.
4: I agree. Where it just randomly happens, you don't see the setup at all?
5: No, no, I'm talking about the Green Goblin in the early Ditko series, Stories. Mm. His goal yeah. was to take over the the gangs and take over the underworld, the criminal the criminal element. And uh, and then after a while, he sort of became the businessman, evil businessman villain. And then then he became like the president or some shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like he was a fake
4: one. Jr. <laughs> G- is that Norman Osborn behind the mask? What do you think?
2: Um, well. I don't know and uh yeah. that's actually if you start going into pros or cons or whatever I'll probably go into that in a little bit more detail. Ooh.
4: Okay. Oh. Any other any other pros before we move on to the cons? I want to hear out of JR.
1: <laughs> yes, they um they they're actually finally re, you know talking about the legal repercussions of Spider-Man shooting the man in the face, but there is a con on the flip side of that that we'll get to. Shit, there's okay.
0: a con. Well,
1: let's get to the cons. Let's Bertoni. what was the con? Okay.
4: What well, was the bad continuity I
1: thing? Hear that one too. Let, let me read the actual dialogue for the bad continuity thing okay. just so, you know, we can get this. Okay. Where is it? Silence, you have no claim here. The real white dragon perished months ago. Who are you? One of Kingsley's stand-in? Imposter? Who says that while they're fighting? And then, like, just giving exposition about Kingsley doing, you know, this supervillain franchise thing again, which um I know that that's not a con of just this issue, because that's a status quo set up pre-Superior um Superior Spider-Man, but I really hate that for reasons too much to get into here, and I hate it being reiterated there in a clunky way mid-battle. Yeah, uh, it's, it's exposition
5: for a fact of the status quo that has nothing to do with this story at all.
1: Yeah. And it's and it's a stupid new status quo. But that's uh OK. Right before around the time of Brand New Day, you know, Tom Brevoort wrote that manifesto before it. And it was in, you know, the special edition of the swing shift issue. And as much stuff in there that was like ridiculous, he made a lot of good points. And one of the points he made was that a lot of villains you know, who used to be A-listers, have slowly become B- and C-listers, who mm-hmm. lost their motivation, and who lost, you know, their credibility and threat. This is how it happens. When you have Tombstone getting defeated off-panel, and you know, just, like, webbed up at the end of the issue, that's how these yeah. people, like, slowly over time become C-listers. Tombstone used to be someone that it would be hard to take him down. Like, he right. in- he injured Spider-Man, you know? He injured yeah, Mary Tombstone's Jane. Tombstone's a great villain. He put, he, you know, he put, um, he Robbie snapped. in Rub the Ruben's hospital. Yeah. yeah, he put him in the hospital. And to have yeah. him defeated off panel, again, this is how credible villains okay. slowly, I mean, he's not going to become a C-list villain tomorrow because of this, but this is how that happens. Like, that should have been somebody else. I mean, it's, it, I mean, can you imagine if, like, Spider-Man just webbed up Carnage off panel like that? I, I thought <laughs> that it, that it, was... Yeah.
3: In that regard, it's a re- very reminiscent of a, of a story that nobody wants to remember, which is the final chapter, of part four, where you think in part three that that Spider-Man's defeated, he's dead. You go to part four, and it's all a dream. You don't know, you think the whole, yeah, the whole battle happened off-panel.
1: See that that that's different though, because the battle was at least like a major like plot point of the story, even though we didn't see it. This is like. Oh, yeah, I did a lot of stuff today, and I also defeated Tombstone, but... Uh, now, Chris and I... I would not want to say arguing about this over text, but Chris and I went back and forth about this part over text. And I really think that Slot wrote the massacre thing and then realized, oh, shit, the cops, you know, would be pissed over this or the government, there'd be repercussions for Spider-Man. So wrote it into this thing. I think that, like the Massacre murder being a cover-up is a retcon, and I think that because at the end of the issue, the way that the news reports are phrased, they're not saying that Spider-Man killed Massacre but it's heavily implying, and, and if the if the general public is thinking that a cop took down Massacre instead of Spider-Man, the news reports wouldn't be phrased that way. The next issue, Jameson is talking like he knew that Spider-Man took down Massacre. The Avengers somehow knew, and this is one of those things that if someone asks lot on Twitter, he'll say, Come on, guys! The Avengers
0: <laughs> use S.H.I.E.L.D. Haven't you ever read a comic book? Yeah, Slaught is the Mandarin? <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> ever me. I mean, when I'm yeah. true, I suck. That's funny. For
1: every
5: day in the macroverse that passes, <laughs> five days—I mean, five <laughs> seconds—pass in the real world. Marla
1: Madison created Spider-Slayer.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did I mention that tough. Alistair Smythe is called the Spider-Slayer, even though we've never called him that? Anyway, so I, 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 to- I totally think that that's it, because the Avengers know, you know, the... I, I right. think that this... The, I, it bothers me that all of a sudden they're saying, oh, nobody knows about it. Then how would Carly even decide to investigate this in the first place? And the whole ridiculousness of you can come out now, Cooper, as she's got – I
0: laughed out loud when I got to that part. Well, not really like, if like, she, she forms an autopsy on him, you would have to release that to, like, you know, police and investigators. You can't just keep that a secret because you have your suspicions. You release autopsies that in- imply murder to people with authority. Every single person – in Just that station, which was lots of people. Every single person
1: kept their mouths shut. But but the news reports implied that Spider-Man did it. Jameson knew that he did it. The Avengers knew that they did it. But it, somehow they all found out without, you know,
5: the, anyone talking about it. I, I, I think that that... Wasn't Massacre trying to go someplace where he'd get publicity to, like, sell soda or something? <laughs> yeah. Like, like why yeah. well, how How... I mean, apparently there's no security cameras or anything in this train station, and so yeah, that and that this, that plan was really w- not well thought out. The story is, uh, really well yeah, I think that he wrote it that
1: Spider-Man killed massacre, and people saw it, and people know about it, and then some point, an issue or two later, he he realized, yeah, we need to address the fact that he's not getting arrested over this. So so they did this thing. And it,
0: How do you it, write it, that it, into the story, and then like say, oh, we need to address it? What kind of thought process is that? Just throw it up
1: on against on the wall and
5: see what sticks.
0: What's uh any?
5: What's some other cons? No, I'm uh, not, I want to talk about that more. This is important. This has become the Spider-Man shot massacre in the face podcast. We've been yeah, on this for no, a while. No, no, this is a new segment, <laughs> Why the Follow-Up to the Massacre Plot Sucks This Month. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, Bertoni's right. I, I don't... I would not necessarily go so far as to say "Slot is like making this up as he 's going along, but but whatever is his intent with this with, with what happened and what people know about what happened he 's not communicating it to the reader very clearly because I was definitely under the impression when we found out that he killed Massacre, that everybody in the city knew about it because the Avengers knew about it. They, they, we didn't show how the Avengers learned about it, so you would assume they saw it on TV like everyone else. But now Haven't you
1: read a comic book, Chris?
5: Yeah, now okay. Apparently, okay. but now apparently for the first time in, in uh, five issues or however long, it's, it's, it's apparently all covered up. And nobody knows about it. And Carly Cooper, the ace uh, autopsy scientist, has diagnosed Massacre with getting shot in the head by Spider-Man. And that's, <laughs> and that's the only <laughs> way anybody knows what happened in there. In, during okay. a crime that was staged in order to get publicity, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
3: Okay, playing Deb, uh, Mephisto advocate here. With the news reports saying that the, in in the battle... Massacre and Spider-Man, between Massacre and Spider-Man, Massacre was
1: killed by Spider-Man. On
5: I mean, the news reports, that, they said Spider-Man neutralized him.
1: But, yes. but if the general public thinks that a cop did it, it wouldn't say Spider-Man neutralized him. It would be like, you know, the cops took him out during a battle with Spider-Man or something what, like that. What the, the, the way that the language was... The language was a certain way, and it's not impossible that the news reports would have still said that if they thought a cop did it, but it's very, very unlikely. There's a lot I, of well, ifs. Well, go ahead, Chris. My
3: my point is is that, and I'm not Chris by the way. Uh, my 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 point is is maybe him sh- being unarmed, the whole part of him being unarmed and whimpering and begging for his life, maybe didn't leak to the news reports, and maybe people didn't hear about oh, okay. that part.
5: That, that'd be I'm, a nice explanation that I'd wish was in the comics. Like, my, my problem is that it's unclear. I'm not just saying there's no logical explanation for what happened. I'm just saying Dan Slott's not telling it to us. Right. I, I, I don't
3: disagree with that, but I, maybe that's his way out of saying, okay, well, nobody knew, except for the people in that drain station and the cops that were there, that he was unarmed, you know, when he killed them.
1: So maybe that's that's the whole And there's a pirical,
0: like physical But
1: but that's not what they're saying in the book. <laughs> they're saying that, that they don't know that Spider Man killed him. Oh well and, and case, Aunt May
5: Aunt May is sitting there at the dinner table saying, like, Oh, I saw on the YouTube that Spider Man beat up that that screwball cue ball girl. Or, um and if that's the worst thing that Spider Man's done that's come to her mind, she must not know that he killed Massacre, right?
0: It would also explain why Mary Jane hasn't has, has Less than zero reaction to that. Yeah. Well, because
1: he didn't say to Lou" when he shot Massacre in space.
0: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> On that
4: point, uh, Jr. You had another con. What was the other con that you con! had?
5: Con. Yeah, let's hear it.
3: Um, I had it, another con. It
4: is really it that the
5: Goblin was wearing shorts instead of underwear? <laughs>
2: I was gonna... Did I lose JR? No, actually I didn't re- oh, okay. I I you guys have been intermittent. I didn't realize that you were addressing me.
4: Oh yeah, go ahead. You had another
2: con. Oh, well, no, yeah, my but because you asked me about um whether no. I thought it was Norman under there and right, and, right. and and <sighs> I really hope it is, but the, my my big con is I and it all ties in with the massacre stuff and the way Mary Jane's been behaving is uh, this, I'm just really becoming dishonest with what what I perceive is just outright dishonest storytelling. Um, Because usually when you set like a mystery up or you set something up and then you do a twist, the way it works is, well, I, 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 well, I'll just use the sixth sense as an example, you know, that Bruce Willis is really dead, you know. You know, there's the twist, but then as you go back through the movie, you see, well, of course he is, because then you see that no one really interacts with him throughout the movie, you know, so so the clues were always there, you know, but you didn't pick up on it until you got to the end, but Slots, I think, is is being dishonest, I mean. Again, I go back to the way he handled, uh, what the apparent death of the original hobgoblin, uh, by having, you know, Daniel behave in a way that Daniel never behaved. You know, he behaved just like Roddy and then providing us no explanation. The way the whole massacre thing has been handled, because if you wanted to show, I, I still say if you wanted to show, Spider-Man, that Spider-Man did it. You could have done it a zillion different ways than actually show him blowing the man's brains out. You know, but the fact that they didn't means that he wanted to be vague about it. <laughs> but by the yep. fact that he keeps reiterating that Masker's dead, Masker's dead, Masker's dead, just convinces me Masker's not dead. Because he's because he was never there was never anything honest in the first place. You can't go back and say, "Aha! I see all the clues that Massacre's not really dead." Um, It's because they're not there. Um, You know, and no one there had a cell phone. You know, I mean, and you guys have talked about the absurdity of nobody coming clean with the real story. The cops all making it up. Nobody had a cell phone and took a picture of this. I mean, come on. Everybody's got cell phones these days. Everybody's taking pictures. It's just, and then, like I said, and then, like, as Don, I think it was Don that mentioned that Mary Jane is is just reactive. You know, I mean, Mary Jane has not acted that way before. It's It's... I we it's it's this I I am thinking th- this is all dishonest storytelling um it, I I'll, the only thing is I think it's it I I don't know why I'm kind of I'm kind of sputtering because you know I'm an old man and it's after midnight <laughs> but uh, <laughs> on, on my time but I just really I'm not interested in how any of these plots are going to unfold it's almost like you know, they start out with an idea, you know, of okay, yeah, we want Doctor Octopus to be Spider Man. Uh and and then as they started to write it, it was like, Oh my god, this really doesn't make a rat's ass worth of sense You know. <laughs> and and so I mean I'm and I'll get more into this when we talk about the next issue. Like and like I've always said, you know, there's comic book science and we all know the laws of the com you know, of comic book right. science. how the goblin formula, you know and it's you know stu- and star trek is just so full of stupid science it's utterly ridiculous but it's consistent in its stupidity but the real world we know how the real world acts we know how the real world behaves and when you cheat those laws then you're just being dishonest you know you're just you're just you're doing contrived storytelling because here's where i want to be and i don't care how i get there and i don't care if i get there in a logical way so, in in other words, the, the the very long belabored answer to your question is: Do you really think that's Norman under there? Uh, it's I don't I don't I don't know I I don't trust Slot I don't trust this story these stories uh, I'm not I'm not enjoying this this I'm not enjoying this at, at all right now.
4: What do you think of the goblin being the goblin king? It, it, it made me think of Kevin's
2: work. No, nah, no, nah, I no no nah, because the, the goblin king is an old phrase. I mean, it's okay. Uh, uh, the uh, back when uh, in Earth X when when Norman was president of the United States, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> there was in the
2: in, in the back issue. But hey, Norman was president before Luther was, you know, uh, right. and. Uh, <laughs> And you bet, yet Nor- Norman's a uh, a Luther ripoff.
4: Do um, you like him in charge of a gang under, underground well, like that? But
2: back, well, I mean the back of the Goblin King thing. I mean in the narrative in the back of the first Earth X issue, several years. This almost fifteen years ago. The Watcher makes a comment that says, "So Norman is finally the Goblin King." Uh, there's been at least, there's, there's, what, what was that David Bowie character in Labyrinth? That was called the Goblin King, wasn't it?
5: Yes. And isn't
2: there a character in the upcoming Hobbit movie? I mean, it's a, it's not unique, okay? The Goblin King thing has been around a long time. It's very logical that the Green Goblin would call himself that. Particularly since there's a bunch of other goblins running around. I mean, that's how he distinguishes himself. Yeah. I'm the goblin king. The rest of the, are pretenders.
0: I got a question about uh, uh, what do you guys think Norman's at right now. Because do you think that, like, he's if this is Norman Osborn, do you think he's possibly lost his memory about being head of Hammer and, you know, doing all that Iron Patriot adventure stuff? And, like, he just wants to be, the reason why he's in Spider-Man right now is because he, like, lost his memory from, you know, melting. It's entirely possible, but the thing is, again, I'm
2: not so sure that, like I said, I'm not so sure that Slot's not not being dishonest. Because remember how Norman escaped in the first place? He was in he was he was basically in the same kind a hospital bed with the same kind of security that was around me when I had my tonsils out when I was you know seven or eight (laughs) years old. (laughs) You know, I mean, the guy was just, I mean, he was in a regular hospital bed, you know, whereas, uh, you know, Dr. Octopus is in a thoroughly desiccated body, and he's, you know, 800, you know, he's eight miles, you know, he's three miles below the surface, you know, guarded by S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, in in a mantium-walled prison or whatever, and yet, you know, Norman Osborn is just laying in a hospital bed, and he wakes up, so something's wrong, something's dishonest either it's sloppy telling or it's just dishonest storytelling. I don't uh, think that
1: it's Norman because Slot has hinted that it might be someone else behind the mask and I think it's just one of those things where he's really giddy over the
5: twist and he couldn't hold it in Well, <laughs> <Boy>, that's annoying <laughs> I think if it was Norman they'd probably say so by now because clearly this, this goblin's had two appearances and there's no hints at who he is so he's probably somebody unexpected. Uh, and I would hope that he was Norman, though, because that would be a better conflict for the superior Spider-Man to have. You know, Doc Ock versus Spider-Man's other nemesis. But, yeah. you
4: know. I think we've spent enough time on this issue. Any other com- comments before we move on to uh, Superior 11?
0: I think i think okay, is kitchen. Uh, Pedro, I to skip
1: it. Pedro. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Uh... A lot of people, like, it's because Pedro's Hispanic, I'm seeing people being like, aha, he's obviously, you know, um, really Miguel O'Hara in disguise because they're both Hispanic. And it's like, what? Really? Yeah, you haven't seen that? No. The internet has been really crazy, and then other people are like, oh, I get Who's it. Where's Pedro in this book? I don't remember He's Pedro. a firefighter who rescues Mary Jane in, like, two panels. Uh, and people are, know. like, speculating that he's going to have this big role, like he's going to be Mary Jane's new boyfriend, <laughs> or he's Miguel O'Hara. One person oh, even go. thought that he was Ben Riley because, like, of the solicitations <laughs> coming they're up
0: they're of, like, Scarlet
1: Spider. Oh, no,
3: <laughs> oh, no,
0: no, no.
3: Pedro. no. I'm All right, slap
1: somebody. Pedro, <laughs> okay, well, my, no, Pedro, is probably nobody. People, we will probably never see him again. Cut to like next. Maybe month,
4: Pedro month. has Peter's memories. Maybe Pedro. It's angel. Pedro Parker. <laughs> Pedro
5: Parker. Okay. Maybe Pedro's <laughs> the Green
4: Goblin. Ooh, there you go. All right, moving on to I Superior have... Number Eleven. Zach,
3: you've well, got this one. I do Tell have me Superior what went Number down 11. Eleven. As yes, Superior Number Eleven, it, it is. Written by Dan Slott. <coughs> Don't say. Uh, shut up, Don. Uh, <laughs> art art
5: shut by Camoncoli. You're getting it wrong, Zach. It's co-written by Christos Gage and Dan Slott. Oh,
3: ooh,
4: really? I, I yeah. forgot. Christos
5: Gage did the scripting in this issue.
3: Uh, Giuseppe Camoncoli did the artwork. Uh, we open at Empire State University with uh, the, the schnoz giving another lecture. The Merlin Jameson wing, by the way. Isn't that foreshadowing? (laughs) Uh Uh, Peter Parker is daydreaming about having class with the schnoz before walking out rudely because he got a cell phone call. Yes, we've already talked about it, but the schnoz (laughs) yells the expletives, What? That a cell phone? Speak up! I demand to know who thinks their social life is more important than the building blocks of creation! Sorry. I uh, just had to do that because it's just so terrible and di- clunky dialogue. Anyway, we cut to Jameson uh, on the on the other line talking about uh, Alistair Smythe, the new spider slayer, uh, his impending execution. So we uh, then cut to the raft as Mayor Jameson, or should we say Governor Jameson, getting, <laughs> going to well, the raft.
5: Or, or really we should be saying President Jameson because this is a federal prison. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a federal prison. King Jameson here, he, uh, he, he
3: gets, his, he gets his, his a Marine One helicopter to the uh, Raft prison, where we uh, see the after effects of the superior Spider-Man's handiwork with a jawless, yes, a jawless scorpion, a wide vulture, and, yes, uh, the jester in a head apparatus, keeping his neck from not being broken. <laughs> Unfortunately, the one person that we didn't see was Screwball. But you know, she's, she's off in another wing. They didn't want to. They didn't want to do co-editing. No, uh, Screwball makes
5: a uh, one-panel appearance in this issue. I think when you said, she did? I think when you said Jester in a like a head cast, I think you meant you meant either Boomerang or Scorpion. Um, oh, I'm oh, just okay, surprised yeah. that
1: Jester and Screwball are in the same prison as the Scorpion and the Spider. Yeah. <laughs> in
5: the in the no, panel where on. in the panel where Jameson is first getting off the helicopter the first time. Um, and, and he's meeting the guard You can see in the background That uh, Jester and Screwball are being escorted Off onto a boat
3: Oh,
4: where? oh, okay. Let me see. oh I didn't We're on that. a boat On a boat One more time where do you see
5: it Okay you know how there's a page Towards the beginning of the issue Where a helicopter's landing on the raft Jameson's getting out There are guys in black suits Like helping him off And he's meeting the security guard With the gray hair
0: It's the one with, like, with the, the AR on the panel yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the AR. Okay, yeah, I see it, yeah. but I don't... Yeah, see Jester it. is
5: back behind in the background behind the guy with the gray hair. it' was
0: just because they allowed to keep have, have him keep his goofy cowl on. <laughs> Zero reason. <laughs> well, well,
5: well, it's surgically <laughs> attached to his
3: head, apparently.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: As is the screwball's helmet. Why is the screwball's helmet stolen? That's don't her real thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's still webcamming. He's going to live stream this whole thing. thing. <laughs> So we also, before I get to, too much into the into the page with the with the uh, three actual super villains, uh, we do see so, uh, a boxed highlight of some mysterious little creepy crawlies coming onto the rat uh to the raft itself. Wow. We uh then okay so we we see the characters with, with the scorpion, the vulture, and, and I, I'm sorry, boomerang. I thought it was jester. And then we get a quick uh, update on the Lizard, who hasn't spoken a word in months, because, well, it's Kirk Connors. Uh, He's going to be uh, – we get told that he's a model prisoner, and he's going to be released to the low-priority inmates. And then we get to Alistair Smythe, who's leaving in a body bag. Who? I'm sorry, the Spider Slayer. Oh, him. Yeah, that's his
1: name. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> the, the Spider Slayer. He's leaving in a body bag. Okay, this goes back again. I'm sorry to be to, to interrupt my recap, but this goes back to exactly what Dara was just saying not five minutes ago. Anyway, we then cut to Horizon Labs, where uh, Doctor Parker, Doctor quote unquote Parker, Dexter, Dexter, yes, Dexter, in, with his Dexter's Lab getup, is uh, <laughs> having equipment being hauled into semi trucks where. Max Modell is, is just furious. He's asking what the meaning of this. A million dollars worth of Horizon Labs equipment, and he hasn't seen a memo about it. And uh, then, you know, Peter Puss then talks about how it's for important Spider-Man business. Max Modell then gets in his face about it being his lab, and that you know that he's being dangerously close to reaching the limit of disrespect from an employee. Then remember how he said that he's loving his life as Peter Parker. No, he hates it. Yeah, him. that last. Yeah, that last. we oh, <laughs> talking about last issue. Yeah, yeah no, was, no in this issue. Oh, okay. That in this issue, suddenly he's, you know, complaining about how must I answer to anyone, let alone mine is one of the greatest minds of the planet. So anyway, he's talking about how. He is the superior Spider-Man because he has his bazillion spider-bots patrolling the city like a voy- voyeuristic big brother that he is. And he, you know, of course says that he will be free and he is the superior Spider-Man because, remember, you don't know what book
5: you're reading until he actually says it aloud. <laughs> Anyways,
3: so we... <laughs> <laughs> so
5: <those> spider-bots <laughs> really don't like that bench that they're, like, all charging at full speed. <laughs>
3: yeah. Nom, nom, nom.
5: They're like locusts. You know,
3: tearing up everything in their path. How much money and property damage is going to be attributed to Spider-Man and his spider-bots? We okay. shall see soon. Spider-Man then arrives shortly where we uh, get a a flashback to a, a book that we never read of the warden <laughs> and Dr. Otto Octavius about, you know, his welcoming to the raft. <laughs> we then see the spider-bots... Quickly depose of some of the uh, of the of the sp- little mini spider slayers, and we finally get our face to face meeting with with Spider Man. But he's too busy being distracted by his former cell number cell eight zero zero eight Octavius. It's just an empty cell now, but not that long ago I was there. And as he's reminiscing, you know, uh, Alistair, I'm sorry, the Spider Slayer is getting angry because he can't do his, his supervillain exposition to the superior Spider-Man. Mayor Jameson once again takes his Marine One helicopter and arrives back at the raft to to see the execution because he has that kind of clout as mayor of New York. <laughs> we then have... <laughs> uh, we then have, I believe it's the, the lawyer for Alistair... Uh, excuse me, Spider-Slayer. Saying that he objects to the mayor's presence, but he, the mayor then replies that he's not here as the mayor. He's, he came as the widow, widower of one of Smythe's victims. I'm sorry, he said the name wrong. It's supposed to be Spider Slayer.
5: Who is the lawyer talking to when he says, I object to Mayor Jameson's presence? Like he's pointing at Mayor J- Jameson. <laughs>
3: That's like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> this is laid out. He's pointing. It, 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 it's worse than that. It looks like he's pointing at the at this at the space between Spider Man and Mayor Jameson. He's not. I he, object to invisibility.
2: <laughs> <of> the, <laughs> the, invisible Disney,
3: attorney. Object, he's objecting to the
1: invisible woman. We'll that say. would be like you, like pointing at your supervisor, saying, "I'd like to, I'd like to report this person to corporate headquarters right now." Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
3: When, and there's uh, no and one they, else. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh,
1: okay.
2: I said it. And there's no
3: one else. Oh. Okay. Uh, we we talk about the forfeiting of rights when he took when Mayor Jameson took a bite out of his client during the Spider Island business. Hashtag. And then Glory Grant makes, makes her cameo <laughs> appearance saying the, the mayor was not in his right mind, and so. Uh, the arguments then made that neither was uh, the Spider Slayer because he had his head full of cybernetics. So, uh, Jameson then you know goes off on one of his many tirades. Not not like boisterous, but he says, "I'm going to watch the watch the scumbag murder my wife die, and I am going to enjoy it. And if you try to get me removed or do one more thing to the ladies' proceedings, I will find out precisely how many ways I can perfectly make legally make your life hell."
0: What a great <laughs> guy!
3: Yeah. What a what a fantastic character. Uh and then of course Alistair says, Please don't fight on my account. I bear no malice towards Jameson. I'm a a, I'm a changed man. Uh of course, then Spider Puss says he talks about the old chestnut of being saying he's a changed man that he's different. Which not is not ironic. which of course he then sees the irony in the statement. And so as the lethal injection begins Well, the little spider slayers make their they finally make their appearance through the vent because that's not creepy at all. Of of course, the spider slayer then makes his move and, and he then calls himself the spider slayer because we need to know what his name is, not Alistair Smythe. Alright, so then we have our gratuitous fight between the two where uh Spider Man has thought of every single contingency of, of escape to the to Alistair Smythe, and so who? I'm sorry, the Spider Slayer. But unfortunately, what he didn't what he didn't account for was that the little mini Spider Slayers would get into the into the into the into the medical room where where the Scorpion, the Vulture, and yes, the Boomerang all get cybernetic enhancements, and then the issue ends with him. With, uh, excuse me, the Spider-Slayer saying, kill Spider-Man along with everyone else here and we will all be free. And then, of course, the Scorpion has to make his, you don't even have to ask, Smythe. Killing the spider has always been my idea of fun. But after what he did to me, to us, we won't leave enough of him to bury. To be continued, part...
4: (laughs)
5: But we'll try.
4: (coughs) (coughs) What's What's your
3: grade, Zach? What do you think? Honestly, I, I'm going to give this a C minus. I really was not a yeah. big fan of it. I thought the artwork was clunky at times. I thought that the splash page with, with uh, Spider-Puss saying, he's the superior Spider-Man, because remember, you're, you don't know what book you're reading until he says it. Uh, yeah. I thought that splash, I thought it just looked really clunky. Uh, I thought he kind of he doesn't look as uh, dynamic as, as, as Stegman does. Uh, even though I thought that stegman 's issue well, the previous issue was not his best work um and probably my least favorite of 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 his work on superior so far but but Kim and coley i i thought had some good moments and some bad moments i've kind of already alluded to one of my cons but i'll 'll get I'll, if i may uh, mm-hmm. the Jameson bit where jameson is it, we, we've kind of made fun of it he 's president jameson king jameson he's he's got more power as mayor than any other mayor <laughs> Zach just got
4: kicked. So did Don. What? Um, yeah, oh, okay. Zach just lost a
2: connection. Oh well. Mayor J- Jameson <laughs> kicked him off.
4: Mayor Jameson kicked him off of Skype for some reason. God, <laughs> Jameson. The, yeah, Mayor Jameson had the NSA <laughs> 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 kicked him off. Well, uh, he gave it a C. Let's go around the horn and get grades
1: <laughs> Zach's reviews. Just got interrupted by the Mandarin. <laughs> Jr., what's your grade on it? C minus. Uh, Josh. I give it a C plus. I didn't enjoy it as much
5: as the last issue. Chris B minus. D- Don,
0: you know, uh, going over that his synopsis again, I might give it a C plus.
4: Yeah. I'm going to give it a C minus. I didn't really care for it either. Oh. It it uh, one of my biggest cons. I think. Well, I'll, I'll wait till we get to cons. But what's what's some pros? What did you
0: fellows like about it? Um, I thought the bit where like uh, he had a brief flashback of like the guy. Hosing yep. him down in the rock was kinda cool, that, I guess. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a good flashback. I like it.
5: You know, I can't single out like a single highlight exactly, but I just thought it was you know, it's a f it's a fun superhero story. It's it's not groundbreaking. We've seen this story where a superhero and other people are trapped in a prison with all the villains escaping and, and that's yeah. not new by any means, but you know, it's a it's a fun it's a fun uh trope, I guess you could say, and and uh, this is just sort of the setup, so you know.
4: Are you are you Harrison Ford running from a train? Is there... <laughs> I, 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 I live
5: next. I live next to a train. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, totally sorry good. about that, poor guy. No, no, it's all oh, good. But yeah, no, and and I thought the art's pretty good. Um, you know, I don't. I just don't really have any complaints. It's just a, a setup issue, and you know, what 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 do you expect? Really, I guess it's, it's kind of a cop out answer, but I thought it was.
1: The fine.
4: Main... The main thing I wanted to see was the goblin uh, cliffhanger at the previous issue was not even referenced in this
0: one no what would it be that 'll be interesting
4: and and you know the goblin the goblin uh, cult has been around how long
2: has the goblin cult been around
4: j r well, was uh, well tattoos, ever since,
2: Well, actually, the the Goblin cult's actually been around uh, since uh, Norman uh, got booted from Scryer. Uh, in the uh, if you remember, in the final chapter when he he went wacko, oh, yeah. and then the and then the Scryers came and got him, and yeah, and then afterwards we learned that there was a rift between those who followed the quote unquote true scryer and and, uh, and then those who stuck with norman and i mean that was that was part of the um, uh return of the green goblin mini series or something that roger stern did back in 2001 or 2 or something i mean so the goblin quote unquote cult has been around a long time okay well, i was i was thinking it was a fairly recent thing with the tattoos and stuff like that no it's there's always i mean they're not necessarily the exact same thing. A decent writer could probably create some kind of linear connection, uh, but the idea of Norman having a a, a group of devoted followers uh, is is not new.
0: I didn't read the uh, the the storyline where Smythe dramatically called himself a spider slayer. How come he looks like one of like the witch people from Pan's Labyrinth? Like, what's with that helmet? <laughs> It was like Giant Man or somebody. I, I, like, Why, why, why does he have to wear that all the time? I don't, I
5: don't know. According to Dan slots Twitter, which I read, uh, that's attached to his head now. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Wait, what? I, I, I. <laughs> we have to read Twitter to figure yeah, it out. What, if, what you read, had- if you read Dan slots Twitter, you would know that that helmet is physically grafted to his head. And that's do why,
4: we know why? Take
0: it do, off. We, do, do we know why? Come on. It's comics. It's, it's comics. No sound. If you've
4: ever read a comic book, no. <laughs> I'm going to leave my college
0: education at the door. No doubt. <laughs> uh,
4: let's see. Uh, any
1: cons? Let's hear some cons I, I, on this. I got some pros, too. Yep. Hit hey. me. Okay. Uh, I was saying to Don uh, on the phone before this issue came out that... One thing that set Horizon Labs apart from Tricor was that we were starting to get, you know, these new supporting characters developed. Like, we were starting to get a sense of who they were. But I said that since Superior started, I mean, all that the Horizon Labs people have really done is like, they Dar when Peter, you know, walks by saying, looking hot, you know. And he's either flirting with them or being mean to them for a panel. So it was nice to see Max Modell around again. You know, I, I like that the... Yeah. That characters who were invented after John Romita left the book are getting some development because that does add diversity to the supporting cast. So I like that. I like any scene where Peter's puss is in graduate school, being bored yeah. out of his mind that he has to go through these motions and being a rude snock, arrogant jackass to the teacher. Uh, those scenes are fun for me, and I'm always disappointed when those end. I like. Here's
4: here's here's a question about the graduate school. When Peter comes back, and you know he is. Tomorrow. If he is doctor Parker and he doesn't really earn the
1: title, what will that do to Peter? He'll probably get his uh, doctorate revoked and it'll all it's all my fault. Like somehow get your doctorate revoked? i I don't know, like maybe someone will say, like you plagiarized this paper, like in fact yeah he, he here's a prediction, and this is okay go ahead, this is um i I might be thinking too hard into this. The Schnoz is resenting Peter more and more and more, so then when Peter Parker finally returns, the Schnoz somehow finds out that Peter Parker didn't actually write one of these essays or something, and of course mm-hmm. Peter, because he no longer has Auk in him, he can't replicate whatever formula or experiment he does, so the schnoz yeah. takes away his doctorate or whatever. That
5: Just a guess.
1: Yeah. Or the what, if, if, uh, what if,
5: what if Dr. Schnaz says that Peter's work is too similar to prior work conducted by Otto Octavius, and that he was copying his work? Aha, uh-huh, plagiarism. Yeah. There you go. He, yeah, exactly. It wasn't. That's good. Could be.
4: I can see that. Uh, so, I, I mean, when Ock returns, I can I can see the job going away. O- I mean, when Peter returns, the job going away, the doctorate going away.
0: If he kept oh, it, all that it, stuff, it, would that be bad, though? Well,
1: the, the new girlfriend he's got going away. Well, see, that would be interesting, because Peter returns, and he has a girlfriend who... Um, mm-hmm. He he didn't enter into that relationship with. He doesn't care about her. And Peter is such a guilt ridden person that he'll be like, "Well, I guess I ought to stay in a relationship with her, you know, out of obligation or guilt." Or ought
0: to make out with her. Uh, yeah, I hope he, he he's not he, that he, stupid.
1: He feels responsible. I did like um, the stuff involving the prison. I liked feeling weird when he returned there, like he was planning on going there, but he didn't realize the emotional significance of seeing his old cell and everything and hearing Nora Winters say that stuff, and I don't know why Nora Winters was there anyway. um I, I him not realizing it until he got there because that does happen to you in life where like if you return to a place where you had a a bad experience, even if you're not planning on the emotional impact, that'll get you. But it gets you anyway and it takes you by surprise. That's happened to me twice within the last year. Nothing too traumatic, but th- that that was, was relatable. And I liked when, um, the Spider Slayer was breaking out of the prison that Peter Puss, um, already had all these fail safes in plan and was able to counteract them. You see, th- that, that stuff was fun. The like, I see your move and I raise you this and I raise you this, uh, like the first issue when he, you see him mopping the floor for, uh, the new Sinister Six.
0: All right. Any? Let's go cons. Um, I am going to leave all of, like the legal stuff with Chris cause unless he unless he doesn't want to mention it, like he put it pretty uh, brilliantly in the message board. I could but, talk uh, about it,
5: but like honestly, I, I don't really. It doesn't really decrease my enjoyment of the issue that much. I, I mean, like, oh, it does me. Yeah, uh, it does. <laughs> it does decrease your enjoyment a little bit. Yeah, you can go ahead and talk about it, then.
0: Well, I mean, like, I mean, this is not... I think Chris said so much, you know, you can't get too mad about this, but it goes along with, you know, like, like the, the Cartoon Network sensibilities that this comic book has, it's like... Uh, and Chris put it out, you know, I mean, I, my dad is, a, is an attorney. He's, he's not a criminal lawyer, but, like, I mean, I, I know one one or two things about the legal system. And, like, the whole Death Row thing, because, like, Marlon Jameson died, like, what, around 2010, 2011? And yet, like like... I guess I was like, you know, maybe 10 months ago, Spider Man time. And he's on this bench. I'm looking at the image where, like, the guy is administering the, uh, uh, either the, like, the pre liquid for the, uh, the hydro, hydro, uh, the whatever it is they put in there or whatever. Which doesn't really work anyway. But, like, there's a list of people that you need to go through to get a, get a a person on death row executed this quickly. And this goes to show that, like, either, you know, either you just gotta shrug your shoulders and say comics. Or Mayor Jameson is like the most corrupt, like like sinister, some bitch in Spider-Man comics. And like, <laughs> and that kind of leaves me like, you know, I don't like Jameson in this way because every time I what the uh, what was that? Was eaten by a t- tyrannosaurus? What was that? <laughs> Zach just sent me a text. Uh oh, jeez, that was your text
4: message? Yes. Sound like a blender.
1: <laughs> no, that's it's it's the T Rex from Jurassic Park. But but go on. Oh uh,
4: my god! did you hear that every time you get a text message? Yeah.
1: It's awful. Oh my god. Oh, uh, it used to be the Blues Clues song. Stella's is uh, the Power Morpher from Power
0: Rangers. That's hilarious. Um, but anyway, I mean, I don't like really seeing James like this. Maybe it's a bit interesting, but like, it just makes me just like his character. Not it's not for any political reasons or whatever. It's just like like he's just like this angry, reactive my way or the highway kind of guy, and I just, I legitimately have a violent reaction to it, and I just... So it it took you out of
4: it. It took you out well, it of it. Well, it
0: took me out of it in the fact that, like, I, I recognize in myself, I don't like reading him like this, and also, it makes him look really, really stupid. Um, I mean, this this, is, this issue actually isn't that bad. It's just, there wasn't a lot for me to like, really enjoy, and what I didn't enjoy kind of put it down lower than it really was. Yeah.
4: Any other cons? Jerry, you got some cons?
2: Yeah, I did not like this story at all, because... Uh, yeah uh beyond the fact that you can't execute a person this quickly first of all the new york supreme court ruled the death penalty in new york unconstitutional back in
5: 2004 i have a a, a response to that if i could though
2: please go go right
5: ahead um so the new york the it's the new york court of appeals is what their highest court is and they, they um they, they found this the death penalty statute unconstitutional under the state constitution, but state law rulings uh, don't apply to the federal government. So if uh, Smythe was federally prosecuted and it's being executed by the federal government, and that would make sense since the raft is supposed to be a federal prison, then uh, New York law wouldn't apply to it. So that's my response to that. Damn it, Chris. I'm a doctor, not a lawyer.
3: <laughs> well <sighs> I mean but
5: the the point still stands so that there's no way it would go this fast because there's like three different courts that have to go through the appeals and like you know, well, how
2: how would Jameson then? I mean, how would Jameson be able to? I mean, I, I, I get I, I don't know. Is he really that powerful? I mean, that he would oh, have connections in the no. federal government. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, act, they're acting like this is all under his jurisdiction. I mean, and if we're talking again, if we're talking about something that occurs in a federal court under, and how could he get the raft? Clo- like you said, it's a federal prison. How could he get the raft closed? You know, I mean, this is this is just sloppy.
5: A long I mean, and t- I. Yeah. I I was going to say you have to refer to um, Dan Slott's Twitter again, because somebody asked somebody asked us a couple months ago when Jameson first announced he was going to close down the raft. Dan Slott's response to that question was, well, this is a universe with the science where Hank Pym can turn into a tiny little man. Like, why do you think the laws are the same?
3: Okay, but the the entire point is the Marvel Universe is supposed to be the world outside your window, and this completely defeats that purpose right now. Yeah, so, welcome back. By the way, I didn't know you joined us.
2: <laughs> I had
3: uh, no. I'm really kind of pissed because my computer decided let's install Service Pack One for Windows Seven on uh, during the middle of a podcast
0: and let's see what happens. Yeah. I also say that like it's not a Like this is also the kind of thing where like if you read the original Dicko issues, I think in the early days Jameson was really like written so antagonistically that I think he was kind of crooked. Like you know how he like you know said oh he was he would lie about his papers and stuff, but I think like ever since the 80s. There has been a lot of like, like, like embellishing and development for James's character where, yeah, he, his approach to Spider-Man was illegal, but he was, he was a very stand-up guy. He took the rap for the Scorpion and all that stuff. He is bragging about, you know, abusing his power to get a guy he doesn't like or a guy whose job he doesn't approve of fired, like, you know, in questionable methods. And again, it goes to the whole sp- Spider Puss thing. Are we supposed to be rooting for this character? I mean, I don't like the criticism. I don't like this story because the characters are unlikable. But this is this is getting to that point where like the characters really are unlikable.
5: So yeah, the the oh, yeah. lawyer accuses Jameson of push using his political connections to push this execution <laughs> in through fast. And like the political connections he would have to have if this is anything like the real world is there's, you know, there's a federal trial court and then like the the second circuit court of appeals. And then the um United States Supreme Court who would have to, you know, review the death sentence. And then the the president of the United States you know, <laughs> has the option to grant clemency or not. And so all of these people would have to be like, Yeah, okay, let's execute this guy in under a year. <laughs>
0: um not Carnage, not Venom, not Dr. Yeah, yeah.
3: In the state of Texas, which has a which has a a, a, a three way of, of for death row, it takes at minimum ten years for you, for a death row in, inmate to actually be ex- executed, and even then, you still have things like the Supreme Court ruling something you know X Y Z, uh, having you know. And the,
4: and I'm I, I'm going to play slot advocate. Don't I've never done this. Before. Oh dear. Um, it, it, as a writer. It must be a fine line that he has to go because he's he's dealing with a guy that controls controls spider bots. He has he can climb walls, etc. And how how far can he play with the universe? Well, as where well, people people don't just like well, and for a
0: penny and for a pound. That's
4: it sounds like this minute stuff. Well, um, is taking us out of a story about a guy in walls. Well,
0: can I say that? As somebody, with yeah, a, yeah, go ahead. as somebody who graduated with a writing degree, like, right. if you're going to introduce a real-world concept like execution of a prisoner, and you're going to have, right. you know, him saying, tomorrow's the day, you know, you're going to have the priest there and people watching, which resembles real-life executions, you got to at mm-hmm. least entertain the idea that this was, you know, administered in a way which is kind of believable. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, this doesn't matter all that much, but at the same time, it's almost rubbing our face how crazy Jameson's made this to be, but at the same time we're supposed to ignore it because oh he's Jay Jameson and he's you know and Stan Lee created him, and just kind of you know as much as it is it's a comic book you have to roll with it because there are crazier things going on when you introduce something like that and kind of give it the vestiges that could be that could resemble real life it just makes the stuff that's that's um, that makes the less sense all the more fantastical and all the harder to read.
5: Yeah. Can I actually um, support Brad's point now? Because even though I've uh, sort of talked about how absurd this would be in the real world, like, for the purposes of this story, and why this doesn't really drop my enjoyment of it, It, you gotta think that the fact that this is the eve of Smythe's execution and not just the day he's, like, just starting his appeals... Makes the story more dramatic and adds a little bit more weight to the the feel of what's going on. And in order to have that happen,
0: I, you know, I, I don't know how problem. hard it was to me to do it. I don't have a problem with
5: slot and gauge uh, playing with the, the real world rules a little bit. With that respect, I'm not
0: going to say that, say that uh, you can at least say, "Well, I, I did this." This, I, I guess, the guy does, does. The lawyer does say you you effed with law to do this. I guess that, yeah, wait. I think
4: I think that was slot as a writer saying, you know what, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm going to have this this character say, "You're cheating a little bit. Let me explain it a little bit." I think that was his attempt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just
3: don't. I, I just think it comes across as as F you, I'm the D, I'm the GD mayor and and get the hell out of my way. And I, uh, I was, was trying to make that right. point before Windows decided to rudely interrupt me. But uh, honestly, I, I think that this whole the whole issue, unfortunately, comes down to this one pivotal scene with with Jameson and and his, his blatant abuse of power. And I, I hope that maybe they're building towards a resolution with Jameson not being the mayor anymore, because I think he hasn't done much other than sit there and 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 bitch and moan and and throw his hat in the ring and say I'm
2: the mayor. Hear me roar.
3: I don't mind him as the mayor.
4: Do you? I mean, I think it's a nice role for him. I and I agree.
1: Nice next step. Well, oh, like yeah. in, in the real world, who's the most dangerous person on death row right now? Like, if they if they're on death row, chances are they're not going to have some you know Arkham Asylum breakout and kill thirty more people in our universe. In the Marvel universe. every week that carnage isn't executed, it's another, you know, like, family that can get murdered or something, so I can believe that because of the people in the Marvel universe and because of extenuating circumstances that some laws about the time between conviction and execution have changed. I, I can buy that because they're not dealing with, you know, Charles Manson, they're dealing with Cletus Cassidy. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Any other cons before we? I should, I'll go yeah, the very last page. Uh, okay. For some reason, Vulture is turned into the pink flamingo.
4: <laughs> oh, you know another. You know another con for me is when the little uh, spider slayer bots healed everybody. What did they do to them? They healed, healed
1: everybody. Science. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> that, that was too sciency.
3: The, they, yeah, gave him the, two, they gave him cybernetic enhancements, just like what's, what, uh, I'm sorry, the Spider Slayer has. I almost called him his, like
4: his actual name. That, that seemed just a little bit too mu- video game-ish for me. That took
0: me oh, out. Oh, very, very <laughs> Well, I mean, th- I, I kind of yeah, remember... They just got a
4: one-up is what they got. I, I read <laughs> this today,
0: and I, I kind of remember this. Like, like, this is not Slott's fault at all, but, like, didn't the Vulture lose an eye in, in like, Mark Millar's Marvel Knights run? Like, like, he's, <laughs> he's blind in this one. Like, he, was, he, he lost an eye already, but that's not his fault. That's just something that I kind of remembered.
3: Yeah, I think wasn't that,
1: but... the only one to not write uh the vulture birth.
3: Yeah, he's accused
1: uh, since then. Um one one other con that I had and we've danced around this throughout the review. Um the fact that ever since the beginning of Big Time, they've really really been trying to, you know, play up the fact that Alistair Smythe's, you know, new codename is the Spider Slayer. And it just doesn't work, and every time people mention it out loud, they're like, yes, they're executing Alistair Smythe, the Spider Slayer. And even over in Hashtag, I remember them saying, what? You're going to Alistair Smythe, the Spider Slayer? And they've (laughs) known him as Alistair Smythe for decades. I mean, well, decades publishing time, probably maybe five or six years, you know, Marvel time. And then all of a sudden, he has this cool, hip, new nickname, and everyone who's known him for years starts calling him by it, it... And I know that he tried to be the ultimate slayer in the 90s, but I don't remember during the Invasion of the Spider Slayers storyline, Peter and Felicia going, quick, let's fight the ultimate slayer. Like, he was only called that on splash pages and on toys. You know, it's... I really feel like every time they, like, say his name, the ultimate... You can call Adrian Toomes the Vulture, because we've been calling him the Vulture for decades. You can call Otto Octavius Dr. Octopus, because we've been doing that for decades. We've been calling Alistair Smythe. Alistair Smythe, since almost his first appearance. We tried calling him the Ultimate Slayer. It didn't work. Calling him the Spiders... It just sounds really, really weird, too. The Spider Slayer. It's... It doesn't work, and I feel like they're trying to make it catch on by having the character say it out loud, and I really don't feel like these characters would say it out loud. And he knows his trajectories.
3: I mean, it's, hey. it's like it's like the Trapster and Pace Pot Pete. I mean, everybody called Pace Pot Pete for years, and then he said, I am the Trapster! And then they would make fun of him, because like, hey, it's Pace Pot Pete! No, I am the Trapster!
1: You know, that would not gag. Am I right? They, yeah, nobody, but, but right. the, the, the difference is like each paste pot Pete changed code names. Like it wasn't like they knew him as Peter Petorsky in every single issue, you know, forever. It's this. Yeah, this is it's different because this is a person who's known by their given name. And Alastair's He would make, and and he's not this month, but he's probably going to be next month because he'll be in next month's podcast too. He, he's an interesting Batony's bio because he's gone through so many weird <laughs> incarnations in the comics. From, like, fat comic book guy drooling over Mary Jane to, like, you know, the skinny, slender, muscular guy in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. All,
0: right.
4: All right. I think we're good, gang. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap that one up?
5: Oh, I, I like just. Smite. is kind of a lame villain. I like Spencer Smite better.
4: And that's a wrap on this episode. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Check out Superior Spider-Man number 16. And this one, it's the end of The Hobgoblin, and it's a big chapter in the history of Spider-Man, or Spock, whichever. Now, the cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.